Welcome to the Makom Israel Teachers Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Anteberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing good, Mike. That is good. You sound a little sad. Well, it's, you know, 10 days of repentance. You know? It's true. It's a, it's an ominous time. And here for the first time in quite a while is producer Matt Lippman. How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you, Michael. Good afternoon. All right, that is good. Well, we want to catch up people with the news. And so today's topics, are, we're really going to do two different mini topics in one episode. One of the topics we want to cover today are uh, stories of violence within Israel, one in the Arab world and one we want to talk, the issue of domestic violence is really on everybody's minds now. And the other is we want to do some, just sort of a, a snapshot of changes in the Middle East in general and what that means for the coming year. You're probably going to hear this episode after Yom Kippur, but we are actually before Yom Kippur as we were recording. So now you will get a snapshot into what is in our minds. Alan, what are the two stories that we want to talk about? Uh, the Arab protests and the uh, murder of Michal Sela. Yeah, so uh, to me, if we really want to talk, and we, as we often talk among ourselves about wanting people to relate to Israel as a real country, mm-hmm. wanting our students to understand Israel as a real country. So we, we, when there's a terrorist attack, oh, let's talk about that. Oh, there's that's a, an Israel story. That's an Israel story. We have to talk about terrorist attacks, and um, that's really important, and, and try and get in oh, and rockets, all the details. Israel and, or rockets, Israel story. But the truth is, you know, Israel in terms of, uh, if we talk about violence in society— so th- those are really, um, at least today, Bo Hashem, are very uh, uh, non- uh, Rare? rare. They are very rare. Thank you. I lost my, <laughs> the word I was trying to say. But they're, ve- they're very rare. They're not, they're not normal. They're not the normal society. Um, no, thank God thank the God. crime rate is relatively... Yeah, well, the good. terrorism rate I'm talking yeah, about yeah. is very... Um, but Israel, like all modern societies and states, has prob- other problems and problems with violence and problems with crime, crime and problems with uh, everything uh, uh, from a from a to drugs, Z. homeless, yeah, for sure, all that stuff, drugs for sure, and homeless and all for sure. Um, and in in this past week, since really last uh, weekend, a little bit before, um, one major issue that I'm sure it has not found its way into the international news, I haven't seen it there, is that there have been a number of protests and um, uh, activity in the Israeli Arab community, communities. And in fact, last Shabbat, there were 30 protests in 30 different Arab towns um, because they um, there's been a rise in violence, particularly gun violence and murder within the Arab community, Arab on Arab. Um uh, violence and murder uh, through gum and yeah. crimes, but guns particularly, and um, and murder is particularly the issue that they're protesting over, and they're claiming that the government and also, uh, of course, the police are not doing enough Israeli to, to solve them. It's almost like doesn't take crime in yeah. Arab neighborhoods seriously. They're not preventing, and even after the crime, they're not really catching the perpetrators. Right, and therefore, that, which is a part, part of prevention, is also capturing. People don't feel um, the, the, the threat of jail or, um, you know, they could say the embarrassment of, uh, of the crime. So uh, police, some police are claiming that they don't feel safe to get too integrated into those neighborhoods to help, but then yeah. you need to find a way to do that, whether it's having a Correct. more diverse police force or building better community policing. But Israel, your, 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 your 
over sort of meta point is that Israel has to solve the same sorts of problems that every society faces, yeah. in particular in minority communities. Right. And minorities and where the violence is high and where there's, you know, less, you know, like all minority communities, they get less funding. Mm-hmm. And this is a particular area where it's come out. And the Arab community itself is now speaking out very highly. Now, the police are counteracting, as you mentioned, and that, well, and the government also, you find some government as well, there also needs to be change in culture within the Arab uh, communities and that the police are not welcome in those communities, and that's all obviously a tension that happens when you have minority communities. Um, and so, again, it is the responsibility of the government to figure out how to solve that, not to say, "Oh well," you know, not to throw it back on the, those communities. It, there may be something um, to that, but right. but frankly, the initiative has to be from the police, not from the right. the people of the neighborhood. The police have to frame the relationship, right? And one of their and one of their big claims is that that the funding there's no funding there. Right, the funding is very limited, and uh, I think that that's a that's a very key issue though that that we should be thinking about and talking about, and not just oh, you know, uh, it, Israel only exists for us when there's a rocket fire, like you said. But I think um, it's symptomatic of the way the Arab community feels in general. I know you guys discussed that a few weeks ago on the on the podcast, but the funding issue isn't just about police; it's about education and it's about infrastructure and all of these different things. And it happens to be because this situation happened where there were a number of gun crimes and, and murders. Ah, this has become like the uh, the pressure valve almost that has like exploded out in order to show people that there's this issue which is now like the issue which is funding, and that's one of the subcategories of funding is the police. Uh, police. Well, funding. of course, people complain about funding, but funding is useless if you don't have a plan for what to do mm-hmm. with the money of course. and change policies and tactics right. so that so, you can make right. a difference. Uh, look, so I, like um, Israel, the education ministry announced today that there's a new plan for education in schools against mm-hmm. violence and things like that. So, right. But again, look, the important thing about the process is it brings – look, that's also on the good side. That's what you do in a democracy. Right. The Arab community is experiencing a problem. They need to get their message forth and they are protesting peacefully. Because it's people a democracy, are right. they feel and, that their peaceful protests will get the response. Right. They're and with hopeful. It, and yeah. within Israel, it has become on the it has become on the radar now. So you see that the Ministry of Education is the has Prime Minister plan. The Prime right, Minister and we has have to, to do a better job, right? Yeah. So now how that trickles down, and then the next Monday, and but and and by the way, if we talk about elections, well, this is where the the Arab elect uh, uh, ministers uh, or not ministers, Knesset members. Um, really need to take an active force mm-hmm. in the Knesset on these on these issues. But as, as well as protests, there were also strikes within the Arab community, mm-hmm. which was obviously effective as well because it really got people's attention when right. certain services are not being offered. People say, "Oh, now I know why they're on strike," and it was like a public demonstration. Yeah, I always well. wonder about the right. effectiveness of strikes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a different analysis. <laughs> but I think I think to go back to your meta point, yeah. Zionism to a certain extent is a focus on what makes the Jews not different than everybody else, but the same as everybody else. That we have to have a nation like every other nation, like the Italians have a nation and the Canadians have a nation state. We have to have a nation state, and we have to work on the same problems that all countries have to work on. Our goal is to do it very well and hopefully be a role model, if we can, to other nations. But we have to see ourselves as being part of that problem. The other big news story, that crime story, I guess, is— Which makes us like other nations, unfortunately. Yeah, is that uh, the murder of uh, Michal Sela has raised the issue that uh, domestic abuse rates have gone up in Israel. So what's the basic gist of that story? 
Um, so if, again, if you want to uh, cause you know a normal nation in, in, in the negative sense that that we have to deal with uh, terrible also violence. Um, so a, a, a couple that was living and grew up outside of Jerusalem, basically a bedroom community of Jerusalem, right on the outskirts, a, a comfortable upper yeah. middle class. It's good to Moshav Beit Zayit and then the Moza next to it. It's if you're going out of Jerusalem and you're coming along the road and you go down into the valley, which is less of a valley now because they built a bridge, but mm-hmm. uh, that's where these communities are located, just just below Harnof, really. So the husband and the family, um, it seemingly is allegedly murdered his wife, uh, Michal, and then um, stabbed himself and then went to the neighbors and said... Uh, holding with their eight-month-old her, Yeah, baby. holding their eight-month-old daughter, daughter full of their blood, though the daughter was not hurt. Um, you know, my wife is... Uh, tried to kill herself. Tried to kill herself, and I tried. We tried a suicide pack, and whatever and didn't work. Collapsed. And he collapsed, and obviously police and all that. So, yeah. but what came out later is it seems like he stabbed his wife. That's the uh, the allegations that he stabbed his wife, and he's in the hospital, not dead. Um, so uh, that this has really taken Israel by you know the news. It's, it's, the it's every it's everywhere. It's on every talk show. It's yeah. on in every in every website and paper and and again and because news, it's a, it's a quote unquote normal yeah. domestic story. Yeah. It's not going to be featured much in the international news. No. But that's what Israelis are talking about this week. Yeah, and uh, I guess you know the it's the harrowing thought talking about it between Russia and and Yom yeah. Kippur for uh, you know well, things country. that we have societies yeah. have to repent not just individuals societies and nations yeah. have to become better in the coming year right and this the fact I, I i did not realize that there were rising levels of domestic violence in israel and so sometimes unfortunately a society needs a tragedy like this to take that into account and on the talk shows they're the, you know they're interviewing like i heard uh, they interviewed uh, the director of a woman's shelter and talking about their budgetary problems, similar to what the Arabs are saying in their areas, right. they're saying we're underfunded, and they promise that they'll give us. And you know, it takes a lot to take a battered wife in and then resettle her. And then she said the issue of their children and how they're taken care of—it's all very complicated. And we've, you know, we've given them the budgets that we need, and we're nowhere close. So, and 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 the prop, you know, doing setting that kid up properly is preventing the next generation of domestic abuse, whether you know the the victim or the perpetrator right. how you handle that process has she said it's not just that you want to take care of these people it's that you want to you want to break the cycle right because of course we know violence breeds violence right. yeah one of the things that we were talking about before we came on the show was one of the reasons it's been so shocking as well to the society is because it wasn't from like a periphery town or from an underclass or something like that or a minority or anything like that these were middle class, well-to-do, regular Israelis. And I think that's also why it's surprising because you very often hear on the news of these of other kinds of communities where these things happen. Oh, that's not me. That doesn't affect me. But suddenly when it comes from the sort of community that many people do identify with, then it becomes all the well, more it's also shocking. the mystery of it, I think, that's bothering people, that usually when these stories come out, so you hear about this history of abuse that led to murder. But here in this case, everyone, everyone, is saying there was no indication that something snapped here. And so people are, so it has the element of a mystery. And I don't want to be gross, but it's a young, attractive couple. So it makes interesting pictures for the headlines. Like, I think there are various reasons why this has shot to the top. And uh, to be cynical, I think part of the reason is people are sick of the coalition talks and the proceeding uh, of the 
of the uh, indictments against Netanyahu. And uh, so this is sort of a, I think if people, I, I think if those stories were moving in a more interesting way, we, we don't cover those stories very much because there is a lot of change. It's just sort of the rolling right. underneath of what's going on. And so this jumped, I think, to the top of the headlines. Mm. So I guess in, if we look back on that in this idea of, you know, the 10 days of repentance, as you said before, that really, you know, modern societies have a lot of ills like all, all mm-hmm. societies. And uh, if Zionism was supposed to be kind of, you know, uh, solving the Jewish the Jewish question and the Jewish problem that we talk about a lot. Well, part of it is also is to create a a healthy modern uh, modern democracy. Well, the um, Jewish we we brag about Jewish brains and we have all these high tech solutions to complicated problems that we you know when we Jews put our mind to it we can solve problems. Okay, well here you go. You have a nation state. You have a society. Yeah. How do you? There are some problems I, I don't know that you can necessarily solve. But how do you reduce and make a healthier society? How do we address? At how do you address? address? Yeah. How do you address it? How do you address and, it? And how do you ameliorate, make things better? Yeah. You know, and uh, if our focus isn't on how to make society better, then we're not doing our job yeah. as a Jewish nation state. And I think you could say that for any country. Again, uh-huh. this is what makes us the same, not what makes us different. Any last on the, where did we... No, pretty good. I, I would like to, in the future, bring in I think experts so. in these topics to unpack them more. But for now, I think yeah, I think I think both of these topics need unpacking. Yeah, um, you know, hope you know, yeah. we could bring Steve back maybe to talk about minority communities, and we could bring an expert on domestic violence or violence against women. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I, I really felt strongly we needed to address is a series of stories which. I don't think people are talking about. Usually we try to bring forward stories so that listeners can get what what's going on in Israeli media and in Israeli conversations in Hebrew. And here's an English-speaking window into what, what Israelis are talking about. This one I don't find people are really talking about. It's a bunch of stories about changes going on right now in the Middle East. You have the United States is currently pulling out of Syria and handing over the cleanup of ISIS to the Turkish Turkey. military, who will probably also act against the Kurdish allies of the United States who are there helping destroy ISIS. Turkey also sees them as a threat. You have you have uh, the Iraq protests, that their protests going on here in Israel by Arabs are peaceful. In Iraq, yeah. you have hundreds of people killed and injured by Iraqi military forces stopping these protests because life in Iraq is falling apart. You have Iranian aggression moving into those spaces, into those areas of Iraq where, I mean, in Iraq, they're also, they shut down the the internet. There's no social media. The government is closing, clamping down on the country. Meanwhile, the Iranians are stepping in there. Iranian violence has upticked tremendously. They've attacked British shipping. They've blown up an American drone. They've attacked Saudi Arabia oil refineries. They are they are in an aggressive mode. And because I think of that, uh, the Saudis are both putting out peace feelers to them to calm them down, to sort of, to, to, to simmer down the, the proxy war that they have with Iran. And, and here's the interesting part that most directly reflects Israel, the Israeli foreign ministry, uh, the foreign minister Israel Katz said, they are currently working on a set of non-aggression pacts with various Sunni Arab countries in the region. Uh, wh- wh- why a non-aggression pact? Why not? Well, I'll tell you why I find this all so interesting is 
I do. I until we discussed this, I kind of thought of them as like individual stories. Yeah. But when you said, "Oh, it's like," um, you you said there's a, a clear theme here, and when you start to put it all together, you see these are puzzle pieces. Yeah. And it makes a puzzle, and yeah. you have to take them in isolation to see what's happening, but also see that bigger picture, which is what I think we're trying to do as well. Now. Yeah. I, well, for sure. I mean, we've talked about before on this podcast about um, the the Cold War that's been raging between Iran and Saudi Arabia for the last decade or more. Something like that. You know, And I think that at the moment, if you take a snapshot uh, at the moment, all of these stories are indications that Iran is in the ascendancy, that they are, they are currently, and I don't know what that means for the future, but currently they are, they have the winning hand in the game. They are winning the battles. They've they've also their uh, their rhetoric towards Israel has been much more aggressive, and their rhetoric about literally talking about destroying Israel, and as we've talked about also previously entrenching into into Syria. And I think it, give, it also gives light to things we've discussed before about why uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu is is totally focused on Iran. And Iran as the existential threat to Israel and nothing else really. Yeah. Well, um, arguably, that's not going great. And, yeah. uh, you know, Avi Sakharov had a piece in the Times of Israel yesterday that basically what the Saudis have learned was that the Trump administration is basically using the same policies as the Obama administration. Right. That you draw red lines and then you back away. And not, and not and not inter and been in a bigger picture non interventionist yeah meaning one a more isolationist as we talk right talk yeah. about uh, getting right Trump ran on the he the, was explicit. The, the campaign promises of getting America out of wars around the world and, yeah. and you know take them like, out of that's Iraq gonna, take them out of Syria that's not going to be America's job is not the job to be the well hand it over to uh, Turkey the police whatever guy, Turkey right? does to the Kurds that's yeah. that's the Kurds problem yeah. well it's also uh, told the Saudis and I think every other country that. What happened with, the, for example, with the Iranian, um, with the nuclear deal and things like that, that the Americans aren't sticking to all of their foreign policy policies, as it were, and a deal is as good as a deal is until they decide to cancel that deal. Right, but one yeah. thing that does seem consistent is you can attack British ships, you can attack Saudi refineries, you can attack American drones, and America will not respond. Mm -hmm. The Americans yeah. desperately don't want to be drawn into a conflict. That yeah. gives the Iranian military real, you know, a real broad range of possibilities in the region. Not unlimited. There are things they can do, but they're sort of pushing the limit to see how far they can get. And so far, there's been no active pushback. Well, we've talked about this from before. the United States. From the United States, Israel, on the other hand, has very so we've much talked so. about it very... before with Israel when they did the same thing in Syria, basically mm -hmm. trying to push the button, see how far they could go, what sort of things they could attack, what targets they could hit, mm -hmm. without getting a proper response. It's, Israel it's, hits back. So no, I'm saying when Israel no. was was huh? attacking Syria, when they were attacking different targets, that's in pushing Syria. back against the Iranians. Yes, or you could say that they were trying to push and see what the Syrians would do in response. It, it's, no, not the Syrians. They were more so. attacking Syrians. They were attacking Iranian Iranian. There were targets in, in, inside of Syria. Yeah. yeah. So you would think, though, that the Syrians might want to Syrians hit are, back. Syrians are not in control. Well, so mm. they're not hitting back. And that's, that's the, the Russians and the Iranians. And, that, and that's kind of the point, because it, there's a certain point, I think, that if Israel would have launched a certain level of attack... Then yeah, that would have been. There were cases. Yeah, but well. but you, the way you're saying it makes it sound like Israel was purposely being aggressive to test the enemy, and no. Israel's being defensive. The enemy is entrenching. How much of the enemy's offensive forces can we remove right. without mm -hmm. going to a full scale war? I want to make two points about the 
the the changing the shifting sands here in the Middle East. One of them is that the Kurds, once again, uh, this happened before under Herbert Walker Bush, but the Kurds have put themselves out to be allies of the United States for shared interest. The United States said, and we will support your effort to make your own state and make you a secure minority in the region. And that lasted as long as it was in America's perceived interest. And then the Kurds are now abandoned to their fate. What will happen against Turkey, I don't know. But there, there's if you're if you're part, remember the just I just remember the, remember the Kurds are an ethno national group in the Middle East that do not have their own state and self determination for themselves. There's an area that is not a state yeah. that's that people call Kurdistan where right. the Kurds live, and it's between Syria and Iran Tur- and Iraq and Turkey. And so those countries have a vested interest in in crushing. Kurdish independence because they don't want sections of their country to be taken away. So the Turkish military is now presumably not just going to mop up ISIS, whatever that means, but they are probably going to push the Kurds, Kurd, the Kurds who live in Syria. We don't know what's going to happen, but the but the point to me is it's but the, Tur- but the Turks have been in a long-standing war with at least one Kurdish group. No um, question. Listen, for the, quite Kur- a while called the, the Kurds PKK, only came right? into the war with ISIS very late because they prioritized the war with the Kurds right. over stopping ISIS. It's only when ISIS really got scary that that they that they re- they prioritized ISIS over the Kurds. And now that right. the ISIS is in its last throes, whatever that is, now they're turning their attention back to their priority, okay. which is crushing Kurdish independence. The Kurdish are an object lesson of what it means to be an ethno-national minority in the Middle East, dependent on. The kindness of strangers. Right. It's not yeah. good. You have right. to be able to defend yourself to survive as an ethno-national group in the Middle East. That's one lesson. And the other is, and I think it's maybe more complex, is that um, if you're reading Western analysts, and if you look at you know George Bush's over-intervention in the Middle East destabilized, and then the Obama under- uh, intervention and that you know not not drawing the red lines and holding them and now Avi Sakharov is saying the Trump policy is the same as the Obama policy of under intervention. You're getting complaints that America isn't managing the Middle East well, and my response to that is always, what made you think America could ever manage the Middle East? The Middle East is its own place with its own dynamic. If America wants to intervene in ways to help. Again, you know, we're talking about ameliorating problems that you cannot solve. And ultimately, mm-hmm. what's going to happen in this region is going to happen in this region. And the players right. in this region are going to decide the fate of the region. Why, so why, do, why should – I don't say why should – why has America and Europe traditionally had such interest in this region? Well, partially oil. Right. Let's I mean, be honest. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a pretty big one. Right. So, uh, uh, so in other words, you have, a, you have, you have the, the underpinning of the modern economy, fossil fuel – Resting in a very turbulent region that doesn't real that hasn't really integrated the idea of nation state and culture. Look, even if we go back to our first story, part of the part of the crime going on in in Arab neighborhoods isn't just you know uh, the or, you know organized criminal like you would have. Some of it's family, some of it's tribal feuds. Yeah. It's feud, which in the West we find hard to grasp. You know, you know the Hatfields and the McCoys sounds very ancient in America. Yeah, but it give the gang violence in America to me yeah. speaks of that really. Yeah, but in we a don't, lot of ways. It's right. different it's different associations of it's it's a Middle family, Eastern style a, of it. Yeah. Yeah, gangs, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, it's a Middle it's Eastern tribalism updated for the United States. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this region has its own dynamic, and to to follow it and to understand it is, I think, very important. If you care about Israel, I want to understand Israel. And if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, currently Iran winning in the proxy war against Saudi Arabia is a little bit scary for Israel. Now, now the foreign ministry's uh, announcement that they're working on these non-aggression pacts. Why is it not? Don't you always say peace treaty? What is non-aggression pact? Uh, well, first of all, so a non-aggression pact, uh, P, look, it seems clear that those states are not going to talk peace until the Palestinian issue is uh, addressed, solved, I don't know, in some way. Is on, right? I mean, Which if we've we, despaired of. Right, other than Egypt, yeah. other than Egypt, no other country has been willing to really well, go Jordan. to that. No, but that was during Oslo. That's right. when peace, oh, right. was on the, right. Right, peace was on the brink, right. So no other Arab country is really interested in Hussein, going to that. King Hussein was explicit. Now that you're resolving the issue of Palestinians. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the opposite. They recently said, now that you're not resolving the issue of the right. Palestinians, we're less interested. King Abdullah in, is yeah. harsher. Yeah. So, so, but but a non-aggression pact plays well because it also shows how a the Palestinian issue is still an issue, but it's not it, it's not foremost in their minds. So they could go to a non-aggression pact, which is a much lower level of diplomatic relations. It doesn't mean transferring embassies as lower level diplomats. It so has, I would say it a little and, bit differently. And yeah, go ahead. strategically is what the real key here yeah. is. It's the it's it's the 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 fear of Iranian encroachment. Um, and Israel is the superpower in the Middle East. Let's yeah. not forget that. Yeah. Um, and it's in their best interest if they want to stop Iran, especially with America moving out, to go to the superpower who will never give up on stopping Iran because we nope. can't. <laughs> so, and, they, and they're the only ones who have responded to Iranian aggression. Mm -hmm. We before right. had a dispute about exactly. how we were framing it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the only ones who are actually dealing with the shipment of weapons to Hezbollah and the shipment of weapons here, there and everywhere... It's Israel. They're the only ones who are dealing with it. So. Now, sending out peace feelers to the Iranians and making a non-aggression pact with Israel may seem contradictory, but that's how foreign policy works. I mean, that's all countries do that. You work on all fronts to try to make things work as best as possible right. in your interest. The only thing I would reframe from the way you said it, Alan, was you said they won't make peace as long as the Palestinian issue is an issue. I would, If you listen to what the leaders of these Sunni countries are saying, I don't think they care about the Palestinian issue. I think they've spent so many years telling their... Okay. The, the, yeah, I'm just I'm yeah, agreeing yeah. with you. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I agree. They they spent so many years telling the Arab street that the Palestinian issue is an issue that it, they, they don't know how to do a volta facie. They don't know how right. to like on a dime spin around and go. Right. Oh yeah, we right. never. So they, they, we should just give them 1984 to read and then they'll, be, right. and they'll well, learn how to just. Uh, let's not. <laughs> There's one. But it's a face saving way to begin to right. build yeah. a rapprochement with Israel without. Without admitting that we don't really care about the and there's one other story that I think we sh we should mention that we haven't yet that is just another piece of this p puzzle is Net Bibi Netanyahu announcing he wants to develop this kind of defense system against the missiles and talking against Iranian missiles and talking about how that's going to cause an enormous burden on the uh, on the Israeli economy because America's not going to continually fund for things that they don't want to fund for anymore. So I think that's something to recognize as well. It's yeah. another piece of this Middle East balance and whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and as the West is sort of stepping back and dealing with its own mounting confusion and crisis, the Middle East is going to be left to fend for itself. And yeah. that means Israel has to move ahead. And that's why I, as a person who, on Yom Kippur, don't only dive in for my own repentance and my own family and my own future. I, you know, we, we most of us, we think about the nation and the national future. So, you know, these the region, are the world, the region, the world, these right. are issues that concern us that, uh, 
you know, if you are, if you believe that God intervenes, then you pray for some good intervention here right. because it's complicated, and there's too many levers for humans to really. Right. We'll see how it goes. Think locally. Uh, think, act locally, think globally. Right. right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Globally, act locally. Right. Of those. Right? Act locally, think globally. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah. You'll you know. figure it out by the time the show uh, comes. Well, back. you got you got twenty five hours of fasting to f- contemplate and, and, <laughs> and think about it. Uh, that's our, I guess, potpourri episode of uh, issues in the news right now, and uh, what we're facing on what we have to build, what what our nation has to work on, our uh, in the coming year. Uh, thanks so much. Good to see you, Matt. Good to be back. Thank you. Thanks so much, Alan. Thank you. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. And thank you, Ben, for engineering us to the end of the episode, which this is. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time. Bye.